0: Results are already, uh, from what we've discussed, showing, so that's a good thing.
1: Yes, I'm very excited.
0: Let's talk about the shot now. Men get very dear in headlights and worried when they think about a needle going into their penis, but how was your experience with that?
1: It was, I didn't feel the needle in my penis at all. It was a pain-free experience. Um, I went and got my teeth whitened after this and... The next day when I was supposed to have um, or expected some pain in my penis area, I didn't have any pain, but my teeth hurt like a son of a gun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to America's number one sexuality podcast, Dr. Sex Fairy. I am Dr. Kavul Bava. America's favorite sex doctor, and I am here to transform your life. If you are watching this on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to this channel and support it with likes, shares, and comments. Also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave me a 5-star review. Today's episode is all about penis prejuvenation or preventing penis problems from developing in the first place the vast majority of men do nothing to preserve sexual function during the early years of life, and even after they develop the initial signs of erectile dysfunction, they are in a state of denial for the first few years or even decades in many cases. I often discuss the importance of preservation, and so my focus today is on discussing how to preserve and optimize your sexual function. My guest today is Wayne, a young man in his 20s, who has no complaints whatsoever. He first discovered me on TikTok and began watching my videos, which often discuss ways to biohack sexual function in both men and women. He traveled all the way from Wisconsin for his treatments, and he is back in our office today to discuss his story. Welcome to the Dr. Sex Fairy Podcast, Wayne. It's wonderful to have you back in the office today.
1: Thank you. I'm very honored to be here.
0: So tell me your story. TikTok to my office. How did that journey occur?
1: Well, I saw you on TikTok and I started watching your videos and just fo- started following you and uh, learned more and more. And I was very intrigued. So I did a consultation and uh, I was intrigued with the information I got. And not that I did have a problem, but I wanted to make sure that I don't ever have a problem. So uh, I traveled from Wisconsin to the office.
0: You're a smart man. (laughs) Not one of those, I'm not that bad yet, people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my function is very well, but can never go wrong with improving.
0: You can never go wrong with improvement and optimization. That's right. And given the fact that you've started now in your mid-20s, when you're not having a problem, your chances of having wonderful performance and function long-term have gone sky high. Do you know that two out of every 10 men in their 20s suffer from erectile problems?
1: I did not do that. That's mind-boggling, to be honest. It's
0: mind-boggling, isn't it? Because you think that somebody in their 20s has perfect sexual function. And thankfully for you, you do have excellent function. But two out of 10 men in a lineup in their 20s cannot perform in bed.
1: That's sad.
0: It is mind-boggling. The issue is that there's a lot of shame associated with it. Men in their 20s who can't perform feel very embarrassed about it because they think there's something seriously wrong with them, that they're freaks or something. And my goal is to let people know that this is perfectly normal, not something you want happening to you, but it's happening to other people as well. And statistically, ED goes up about 10% for every decade of life. So three men out of every 10 in their 30s and so on and so forth. So by doing the treatments in your 20s, you are really biohacking your sexual health.
1: That's awesome. That's the goal here.
0: Let's talk about the treatments you had here. One of the treatments you had was BavaWave, our proprietary protocol for shockwave therapy. And that is something that breaks down blockages and promotes great blood flow in the entire pelvic area because after all, we don't just treat the penis, we treat the entire groin. So how did you find that experience? Did you find that uncomfortable in any way?
1: So It was very pain-free, um, easy in and out. 10 minutes I was in and done and back out the door and back about my day. And uh, I'm interested to see what the results bring.
0: It was a little more than 10 minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but
0: the results are, already uh, from what we've discussed showing, so that's a good thing.
1: Yes, I'm very excited.
0: Let's talk about the baba shot now. Men get very dear in headlights and worried when they think about a needle going into their penis, but how was your experience with that?
1: It was, I didn't feel the needle in my penis at all. It was a pain-free experience. Um, I went and got my teeth whitened after this, and the next day when I was supposed to have um, or I expected some pain in my penis area. I didn't have any pain, but my teeth hurt like a son of a gun. <laughs> so, See?
0: So people, having the bava shot is more benign than having your teeth whitened. You heard it here.
1: If you're scared of the sh- the shot, that's what's holding you back. Yeah, that's not, there's nothing to worry about.
0: Nothing it's to worry about. Pain-free. Pain-free. <laughs> Music to everybody's ears as they listen to you right now. You have a very interesting background. I didn't realize that you grew up Amish. You were Amish until 21 years of age when you left to go out into the big bad world that we live in, and you grew up very differently than the average American. So it makes your journey to my office all the more interesting from an Amish farm to the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast and my office. How did that happen?
1: Sex was meant to make babies in the Amish and performance wasn't something they worried about. But for me, performance is important because I like uh, pleasure and pleasing my partner as well. So,
0: Lofty goals indeed. (laughs) I think that's great because as Amish, you grew up without sexual education of any kind. So you are going out proactively and trying to make up for lost time. And I think it's great that you found my TikTok, Dr. Sex Fairy, and that you came to my office because that's been a game changer for you.
1: Absolutely.
0: In episode 52 of the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast, Shocking Sex Secrets of the Amish, I spoke to three Amish who had left their communities. Now, they came from very orthodox Amish communities, and their lives were really quite horrific in many ways. How was your upbringing? Was it orthodox? Was it somewhat liberal? Tell me more about that.
1: I grew up in a more liberal community. Our teachers were uh, American or English, as we would call them. Um, So ours was a little bit more educational, I would think, than uh, most of the communities around us. It was unique in our community. Um, But our parents never really showed affection or told us that they loved us or gave us hugs or anything like that, um, but that was just the way it was. That's how they were taught, and that's how um, it was for for them. So uh, that's the only thing they knew, And but we had a lot of um, equipment and stuff that the more conservative ones wouldn't have, so our lives were a little bit more easy, um, but still a lot of work had to go into farming and whatever we did, just because we couldn't have tractors and all that. So it was, we had a lot of responsibility growing up as kids because we always had chores and um, our dads had jobs. So we had a lot of responsibility, we learned how to take care of things at a young age. And um, just we, we figured out what life was real quick.
0: So it was a tough childhood in many ways.
1: Yeah, you could say so. But I don't regret growing up that way simply because it gave me the work ethic I have now and to run my business and gave me the knowledge and the strength to push through those things when times are tough and you figure out how to do it and keep going.
0: Have you had to teach yourself how to be affectionate, given the fact that you didn't grow up with physical shows of affection?
1: absolutely um if you date an english girl it's completely different than in the amish world Um, so you have to figure out how to communicate your love and affection and um, i have done lots of uh, studies and classes on that simply because i had no nothing that taught me that or um so yeah it was on my own when i left and i had to figure that out myself
0: So you've had to relearn how to treat women like an equal partner in your life.
1: Yes. um, English women expect to be treated a lot different than Amish women would. Um, They request a lot more respect and um, honor than an Amish woman would. Not that they don't honor and respect the women, but they just kind of go with the flow and do as a good wife should.
0: As a good wife (laughs) should. I don't know that I would work out in an Amish community, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I don't think uh, most English women would.
0: How about sexual education? You came from a more liberal Amish community. Did you have any?
1: There was zero sex education, simply because that was something that wasn't to be talked about. You talked about that with your partner in the bedroom, and that was it. so there was no education on that. And you pretty much figured that out once you had a partner. You, you learned, you made mistakes and learned that yourself.
0: Were you shunned when you left the Amish?
1: Yes, I was um, by the church and my family. And I wasn't allowed to eat with them or come to family events or anything like that. I wasn't invited to any of it Um And whenever they would reach out or try to call, they would just lash out and say bad things and tell you how you're doing wrong and you're living a wrong life. Um, So for three years, I completely cut my family off just because I wasn't strong enough to handle that kind of words and being out on my own and trying to figure out life. It was too much for me to handle that at once. So I cut them off for three years and this last Thanksgiving, I reached out to my parents and reestablished a relationship with most of my family. So it's been really good since then.
0: That's really great. What about your siblings?
1: My siblings, I have uh, 10 brothers and two sisters. Um, Most of them are married, four brothers left the Amish as well. So I have a kind of a family with them. Um, But I also reestablished my relationship with my siblings as well. Obviously, we still They don't allow me to come to family events or Christmas or anything like that, but I get to go visit them in between times, so it still works out.
0: So they still haven't really accepted you back into the fold?
1: No, they never will, just because that's the way they believe and that's the way they're taught and they stick with the rules and their ways and they'll never allow me to be a part of Christmas or whatever, the holidays or family events, but... That's something you understand when you leave the Amish. You realize that's going to happen, so you have to take away your options and see if that's something you want to give up. And for me, I was trapped, and just I felt like I was a free person, and I didn't feel freedom when I was in the Amish. So I gave up that so I could have freedom within myself and be happy um, as a person. So.
0: I guess in your case, your family is going to end up being the one you create yourself, friends, cousins, brothers that left, and just people who mean something to you.
1: Absolutely. And I have done that. And you figure out pretty quick who your family is when you're out and um, alone in the world. You establish relationships and you have friends that you hang out with and you call them family pretty quick just because... They are your family. You don't. You're even though they're not blood, um, they become your family because that's all you have. So.
0: You need people that support you and love you, and I'm sure you have that, and that you will continue to build your community as time goes on.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, it is a journey and a mission of mine to, um, to show people and just to, that sometimes you have to give up things that you don't want to. But it's worth it in the end for yourself if you're doing it for yourself and making yourself happy. And um, just if you're stuck in that trap, you're not prospering in life. You're not doing the things you love to do. And it's just you feel like you're trapped. And once you leave all that and find yourself, it's like freedom. So it's been amazing.
0: In your case, it was freedom from the shackles of being Amish. For other people, that could mean something very different. It could be leaving an abusive relationship. It could be anything. The idea is, if you're not comfortable and happy where you are, if you're not thriving, if you're not growing, you need to pull yourself out of it. And that process may be extremely uncomfortable, as it has been for you, but so worth it in the end.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, coming out of Amish, I had no confidence in myself, no self-esteem, and that that can be coming out of any uh, relationship or whatever it is but if you make a, a journey in yourself a mission to to reestablish that within yourself you'll be amazed what you can do with life
0: and you brought up a great point self esteem self confidence that's so important for a fulfilling sexual relationship so hopefully as you are evolving as a young man you are becoming more fulfilled, and more confident in the bedroom as well.
1: Yes, this is also, I mean, not having any sexual skills or training, um, this also gives me some confidence just in that aspect to to know that I can perform well and um, be a good partner.
0: So now that function is better than before, how is dating going to be for you? Are you going to go on Bumble or Tinder?
1: Um, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the dating apps. I I like to build my confidence by going out and talking to girls in person. So I feel like I have more confidence just to do that. So I'm excited to keep building the confidence and self esteem in myself.
0: That's wonderful, because there's so many missed opportunities in life. People spend their lives just looking at their phones nowadays, and there are people to your left, to your right, in front of you, behind you. And I think people are so disconnected from their present moment, even if you look at going to a concert or being at some kind of special event. I think we are so focused as a society now, just trying to capture it, taking selfies, taking videos, that we are forgetting to live in that moment itself. So I commend you for trying to find love out in the real world.
1: I'm very grateful for the background of not having a phone when I grew up because now I don't need it when I'm out doing something. I see everyone on their phone and taking videos and stuff. And, and I believe in enjoying the moment and just living in the moment and obviously capture as much as you can. But uh, it seems like you forget to enjoy the moment when you're on your phone or taking pictures and whatnot. So.
0: It's like when people get their food delivered at a restaurant and they're busy taking pictures while the food is getting cold. I can understand taking a picture of a beautiful dessert or something occasionally, but my goodness, it's become a sickness in our society, hasn't it?
1: Yes, it has. Snapchat eats first. <laughs> in today's world, Snapchat eats first. Snapchat eats first, <laughs> <laughs> I
0: like that, that's funny. Another great thing you have chosen to do is taking Dr. Sexbury supplements. And I think that's a great move because now you are proactively doing something for yourself that will help increase blood flow increase testosterone, and increase your libido and general sexual performance.
1: Yes, I think it's very beneficial. Uh, it ties in with the with the procedures that we did. And if it's as easy as taking a few pills every morning and night, uh, absolutely. You're in. I'm all in.
0: Well, Wayne, thank you so very much for coming on the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast today. It's been such a great conversation from the fact that you came in for prejuvenation, for preserving function and optimizing it, and the fact that you have taken charge of your life from being Amish and repressed to now living your best life on your own terms. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I was honored to be here.
0: Wayne's story teaches us to not only preserve function, but to optimize performance and pleasure as well. He chose to take control of his sexual function both in the present and the future, by undergoing Bava Wave and the Bava Shot. He is an example of how it is never too soon to think about sexual health. You may be older than Wayne, and you may already have erectile issues, but it is never too late to live the life you deserve. I invite you to contact me to discuss your own sexual function and performance. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on my YouTube channel, Dr. Sex Fairy, and on your favorite podcast platform whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or elsewhere. Stay tuned for more fascinating discussions on matters of penises and vaginas, hormones, supplements, techniques, treatments, and more. May your life be filled with love, passion, connection, and profound pleasure. Until next time.